The film and TV show is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Hello, Richard S. from the Film and TV Show here. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This episode is basically all of the interviews that I did at the Reading Comic Con uh, on Saturday the 25th of November. So I hope you enjoy it. I was so privileged to have been able to speak to so many fantastic actors. Um, and I hope you really like what they say and I hope you enjoy the interviews. Thank you very much. Imagine Doctor Who's just like actually a scouter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah, like, we'll get the TARDIS, <laughs> Hello Richard S from the Film and TV Show here at Reading Comic Con. I am with Luke Barnes and Dominic Carter who are two of the Night Watch from one of the, or if not the biggest TV show ever, I think, Game of Thrones. How are we gentlemen, alright? Very good, thank you. Great, thank you. Good, good. I was saying to, to Luke this morning that he makes me crack up on Twitter. Everything he sticks on Twitter just makes me laugh. It's just hilarious, some of the stuff you put on there. But you, I think you put on about going for an interview or something. Is it, you go for an interview and they wanted, oh, it was a while ago. It was quite a while ago. Oh yeah, when I was, when I first went to drama school, this audition for like, um, get this, it was like a commercial advert. And he made us go in and be policemen. They were like, bah, 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 bah. I was like, it's fine, whatever. And then he was like, okay, you got shot. And the guy went, ah! And the director was like, go on, hold him, create him with eyes. I was like, ah! Oh. And he goes, no, kiss him with tongue. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and what that was, was for Daz. It's like a Daz advert. And, really? I was like, and I was like, I don't understand how any of this is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I saw it, I was just like, that's unbelievable. So I was like, no. Did you do it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do it? That's what I said on Twitter. I'll tell you, I just necked him for ages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only love scene I've ever done where I've done a kiss is I've been with a man. Really? I've never done it with a woman yet. What was that on? Um, I've done it twice on stage. Really? Yeah. We're both both turned kissing and blow. What was it? What was the play? Uh, one was a comedy at the Chester Gateway called It's Now or Never. Yeah. Which is like a sort of comedy kiss. But yeah. Actually, that was kissing a big fat middle aged man, which wasn't good. Um, and the other one was in uh, Shopping and Fucking. Oh, really? You're not here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, By Mark the original Redding. one? Not the original oh. one. We're in the Irish premiere of it. Oh, amazing. Um, which is, do you know the place? Yeah, Shopping yeah, and yeah. Fucking? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Did a bit of rimming. Did a bit of kissing. <laughs> you know, and, then, and then did the show. And then did, and then did the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, only ever with a bloke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. For people who are going to listen to this, there you go. Dominic Carter, kiss the bloke. Rimmed him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Awesome. So, yeah, we'll talk about game. How am I going to weave game into Game of Thrones into that? Oh, what? Are you yeah. kidding me? Well, that seems to be the general standard of uh, well, it's just basically fighting and fucking, isn't it, yeah, on Game yeah, of Thrones? Pretty much so. Yeah. How did you guys find it? Because you guys were obviously predominantly based, probably in Ireland. I would imagine we did most of it. Mm-hmm. How did you? How did you find your your scenes? Because Unfortunately, both of you are no longer Dead. alive yeah. <laughs> in Game of Thrones. Well, I, I mean, I had a great time. I loved filming in Belfast because yeah. that's I've done lots of theatre there yeah. before in the past. So I've got lots of friends there anyway, so really? I always feel like it's a sort of second home for me when I go back to Northern Ireland. Um, so that it was really nice to go back there for that reason, but I had a great time filming um, with the lads on the wall. It was much nicer filming at the wall than it was in King's Landing because yeah. there was a real... Um, band of brothers camaraderie 
and sense of humour going around. Yeah. When I arrived, I've been there for years, you know. Um, it's different in King's Landing, lots of actresses around, you know, demanding <laughs> this and demanding that. Yeah. Whereas the, 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 the war were just a big bunch of lads having a good time. Yeah, yeah. You think? Absolutely. No, when I was 22 or whatever, just practically a bunch of people who, a bunch of young lads who just had never really done much before, just yeah. happened to be in a massive TV show in a small city. It was, it was awesome. How did you manage to get into it then? How did, did you kind of audition for different roles or did you audition for the roles that, 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 you, that you got? I auditioned for Gren actually. did about f- yeah. three auditions for that and then they just gave me this one. Okay. I reading for it. It was a weird thing. What about you? I, had, I auditioned for three different characters in it. Um, two of the characters died in the first episode. Okay, really? so that's a blessing. And the one I got was... <laughs> was the winner really I'm glad I got that one yeah it did four seasons but um, yeah I auditioned for I can't remember the names of the characters to be honest with you but they, they didn't last very long they were real, real quick ones yeah but we only got I got literally a sheet of paper we didn't yeah. get any other script no they were being really top secret about yeah, it all, so, so I literally got a side of dialogue which made no sense at all because there was yeah, nothing yeah. to equate it to there was no reference there was no storyline yeah. build up or after so I got a sheet of paper so went and sort of made the best of it, really. Same 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 yeah. Same story. Yeah, it was. And then they just improvised the end of the audition. Remember, they were like, "Let's just do an impro." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> of, what? of what? And they were like, "We're just going to talk to you." And I was like, All right. so just, "Yeah." yeah. Fair I think I still find their feet those days. How did you? How did you find? Because you were both in it for quite a while. Yeah. How did you? How did you find? being in it and with it building up and building up and kind of getting be- bigger and bigger how, how did you kind of find find that because you must have got quite a bit of attention for I mean, your character was a bit, <laughs> a bit of an arse yeah, wasn't yeah. he yeah, let's yeah. be honest yeah, yeah. Um, and deservedly sorry again yeah. <laughs> deservedly no, sure, I, I always play baddies anyway so I'm used to that anyway but um, people generally swerve me in the streets I don't get much attention anyway people sort of recognise me you can see in their eyes and then you go oh no he's a bit horrible <laughs> so they sort of carry on walking yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so yeah I, mean, I was quite used to that anyway but I wasn't used to how global the yeah, show was yeah, going to yeah. be like I remember being on holiday in Italy after season two and being like overwhelmed at people recognising us and yeah. knowing the show inside out and then when you go to the States certainly New York people are all over it yeah, yeah, yeah. you get onto you straight away is that, is that what you find about obviously because you were in because it was such a juggernaut that that people do kind of want to come up to you and just they they probably know more than you do Absolutely. about the show and they kind of rattling things like you kind of like okay yeah unquestionably yeah unquestionably I got the best one years ago was at the station in London and this group of girls behind me, and I was like <laughs> excuse me and I'm like yeah and she goes are you um and I was like yeah and she goes are you um are you Alan from The Hangover? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you beard and you do. Yeah, and I was like, um, fuck off, thank you. <laughs> That's mental. That's great. Do you, do you get a lot of people at cons though that, that kind of want to talk about aspects of the show that you might not have been too familiar with? But all, all, the, t- all the time, yeah. I mean, the, the knowledge that the fans have got of the show is extraordinary really they, they're forever telling me things I don't I've never yeah. even heard of or characters I, I don't questions know. you can no, no way answer no way answer yeah so who ends up on the throne I was like don't know yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> who do you think will end up on the throne at the end of the, the, the final season who do you think will end up I, I think it's going to end 
a bit more apocalyptically than that. I think it, well, it has be, to be. It has to be something like that because of the ending of season seven. Mm-hmm. I think the elements of fire and ice are going to smash together and destroy the whole world. Really, it's called the song of ice and fire. Isn't it, yeah, isn't exactly. It? And I think, <laughs> and I think that it'll just be over. I think Westeros will burn in its own. Really, I think we hot pie. <laughs> See that he would be awesome. <laughs> He'd be awesome. <laughs> He'd be the one that he'd have some sort of like distant blood relation to exactly, yeah. to to John or to Hoppy Targaryen. Hoppy Targaryen. like you like rule the throne a sort of like very haphazard way, and it'd be like a big analogy for Trump. That's what yeah. it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just want to cook for everybody and make loads of shit yeah. of food yeah. and stuff. Analogy yeah. for Corbyn. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. What was your favourite scene? From 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 for your own perspective, from your own character, from your own experience. Yeah, you are your own personal favourite scene. I love killing um killing um Mormons. That was a good that was a good scene. Yeah, that was. Yeah, He's, James Cosby's the biggest man of all time. It's this bit where he had to like pin me against the wall with, with his hand. They're like, do you have a stool? I was like, yeah, please. Like, you don't need a stool. He is a big lady. He's massive. He's seven foot. Seven foot. He's fucking huge. But he looks it, doesn't he? Yeah, he's massive. You've heard them before. Do you heard them before? What, Jimmy? Yeah. I didn't work with him, no, but I know him, you know? Mainly from conventions, but. Yeah, he's great. Um, Clever guy as well. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. Amazing. He's done some amazing work. Yeah, we did yes. a convention with him and we were getting Jesus. interviewed. Uh, and they said, What's your favourite scene? And my favourite scene, by the way, is when yeah. the wildlings attacked the wall. Yeah. Because just to be around that was incredible. I bet that was amazing because a lot, a lot of it is like Ross was saying earlier that it's just one big film production but for a TV show. And it's yeah. like it literally yeah. kind of the action yeah. scenes are just thrown at you yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, this. That was extraordinary doing that scene. Um, I was doing a panel with Jimmy Cosmo, played Mormon. And um, they were saying, What's your favourite scene? And I said, Oh, when the Wildlings attacked the wall in episode 9, season 4. Uh, it was amazing, you know, because we had like 60 stuntmen, you know, like 150 extras, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Jimmy Cosmo went in. How many extras? I said, What? Well, about 150. Uh, we had 3,000 in Braveheart. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmy. Yeah. Legend. He went into the Big Brother house, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did he? Yeah, yeah. He went into the Big Brother house. Was it long, last year? I think he lasted. He lasted. I thought he was only going to be in a week, and he was there for about eight weeks, wasn't he? he really? He was in there almost to the very end. I think. Enjoyed that, I don't know whether he enjoyed it or not, but because he, he's because he's so well spoken, isn't he? He's yeah. so. so he's also immensely well read and immensely intelligent yeah. very, oh very god yeah you get that impression yeah. he's a really clever guy mm-hmm. you know. he is yeah. so if, if you if your characters were alive now what what would they be doing if obviously if <laughs> didn't get a head chopped off and killed yeah. and wasn't murdered how would you where, what do you think your characters would be doing I reckon I reckon would have found a small a small hovel to live in with several of Craster's wives I'd just be hiding it out until it all blows over. <laughs> yeah, I think I would be sort of uh, trying to scheme my way to becoming head of the, you know, wall and the watch. You know, maybe just getting some guys to do some evil things for me. Yeah. Not doing anything myself, clearly, because I'm a coward. But you know, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Lots of scheming. And if you could give one piece of advice to anyone who wanted to become an actor, yeah, what would it be? Don't. <laughs> There's too many of them anyway. Um, oh no, I think you've got to you've got to just 
join a drama club and yeah. learn everything about it. Right, yeah. you know about writing plays. Luke's a writer, you know, writing plays. And I've yeah. seen, I've seen, yeah, on Twitter. And I think we've talked about this before, where we yeah. just do everything, try everything, try a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say the same. Do it, learn, learn the kind of thing, and also, but also like be a person outside of it, <laughs> be a human being. Yeah. I think some people can get kind of swept away by it, can't they? And they can be very, especially younger actors. I think like because their entire entire being because about being successful thing, it's not really an idea of stability or like you know happiness. And lastly, then, what's your favourite thing about doing cons from your perspective? Just meeting a lot of nice people. Absolutely, really interested in um, how much people love. Game of Thrones and how enthusiastic they are about the story and the characters and stuff like that. I find, find it fascinating. Really. And there's something about Game of Thrones fans that they're always bright and they're always very, you know, eloquent about how they feel yeah, yeah. about it, you know? Because they'll read so much. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're not exactly easy reading, are they? Let's be honest, the books aren't really easy. Re- I've never read them. I've only ever watched the show. I've only ever watched the show. I've never read them. They're really good. But yeah, my wife's got them. I, I am going to read them, but kind of. Seems a bit odd now because I've seen the story. I've seen it, and I've seen what happens afterwards. Obviously, because now the next season is obviously well away from the books and is just going to be ridiculous. But guys, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Hello, Richard from the film and TV show here with uh, Ross O'Hennessy at Reading Comic Con. How are you, Ross? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, I'm freezing. (laughs) It's freezing because that door's open. Yeah, it's winter. (laughs) It is, absolutely. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Ross is from Game of Thrones. He plays the Lord of Bones. Which is an awesome character. That must have been it's, a wicked character to play. I've got to be honest, of all the characters, one of the ones with a real catchy title, isn't it? <laughs> you know, if you're called the Lord of Bones, it uh, makes you quite unique. And, and the wonderful thing, you know, it ties into the character, as any of the fans will know, that the Lord of Bones obviously is the general of the Wildlings of the North. Yes. And he wears the bones of uh, different giants that he's killed. And so his other term is known as Rattleshirt. That's the term they use in a quite okay. a book, Rattleshirt, because when yeah. he walks, the, 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 the bones bump together and cause a rattling sound. Nice. I didn't know that. There you go. I, I've never read the books. I've only ever watched the TV show. My yep. wife has the books, so I'm, I'm due to, to read them. But it's kind of like, if I read the books and I've watched the programme, I'm going to start picking things up. Well, that's a big conundrum, isn't it? It's, do you watch the TV show and then read the books? Or do you try to hold them side by side? Because obviously, yeah. you know, um, they stayed faithfully to the books up to a certain point, and then the television show has now exceeded the yes, books. Yeah. And so there's a creativity difference. Um, and it's the point that you know, I think some people are faithful to the books, some people are faithful to the TV show. And those that watch them together, like you just said, uh, then you start to question lots of things. Yeah. How did you find... Uh, have you read the books? I have read the books, yes. How did, how did you find reading the, the part of... You know the character Lord of Bones, and then playing him on the screen. How did you find the the, the, the difference or adapting um, to it? The, the death of the Lord of Bones in the books is very different to the death on screen. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a different death and a slightly different setup for the Wildings. Um, but that that being said, that's that's by the by. The television show was creating uh, an ethos and a feeling, um, and and so I understand that they changed the death to, to do that. The the books run in a kind of different way every book focuses on a different family or a different house and so you get like a very in-depth pull on the books the the television show which is fantastic obviously they don't have the time otherwise yeah. this wouldn't be seven years it'd be 17 years <laughs> yeah. we'd be running the show for so you kind of like um, you know for me the wildlings didn't get as much time as I'd like them to the See, I really like the wildlings I thought they were a great 
addition to the actual series. I thought they were great, especially, you know, the fact that they were so free, as in inverted commas, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the very big thing about them being free. Obviously, the wildlings were the folk who didn't want to be ruled by any king that was given to them. They yeah. went north of the wall to choose their own, to find their own life. And, and a tiny bit in the TV series, um, you always feel like they're the bad guys. But if you ever read it from the wildling side they just didn't want to be part of that world no, that throne world and so um, yeah, it's, it's the big conundrum isn't it you know every freedom fighter is another man's vigilante yes. and every vigilante is another man's freedom fighter and I think the wildlings get that rap where many people think they're the bad guys but they actually just didn't want to conform to the Iron Throne no exactly and, and that's exactly what it is is people are forced to take this king or queen or child yeah. to be their ruler. <laughs> oh, Joffrey. <laughs> oh, I must admit, I was so happy when he died. <laughs> I got to think, I, I, quite often we get asked at Comic Cons, what character would you like to be if you were in your own? And I always say Joffrey. Really? But yes, because for one simple reason, I watched the TV show and every time Joffrey did something, I wanted to smash my fist through my television. <laughs> and if that happens, okay, then you know that actor is playing that role yes. correctly. Because Joffrey was a, a character to be completely despised and yeah. to be hated of. Um, and he did it. Everything he did was was spiteful and horrible, and, and like a child would act. And, and he he performed that so well. I, I that I think was one of the one of the greatest characters in there is is, is Joffrey because of that pure maliciousness. Then you could portrayed. say the same about Cersei, about Lena Headey's. Well, Cersei's she's... almost mutated into Joffrey. Yes, which is the great irony, isn't it? So you know, for a while she was trying to control him, and she was standing back, seeing the damage, but letting it happen. And now she's almost become the very idiom of what what yes. they're trying to stop. I know it's, it's brilliant. But it, it's just one of those programs that you either love it or you hate it. If you hate it, you haven't watched it because yeah. you just have to kind of engross yourself in it and forget that, you know, like the the, the ravens that were sent to to John or whatever when they were surrounded by the, the White Walkers yeah. took seconds. Yeah, yeah. Should it, someone works out, it should have taken about fifteen days. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the, yeah. absolute rubbish. But I think uh, I think shows have to accelerate towards the end anyway. Remember, there's a there's a pacing in telling a tale. Think about how when people tell jokes, they set you up, they set yeah, you up, they yeah. set you up, and then it's da 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 the joke. Yeah, it's the same with telling a story. You set up all the characters, you create the world, and then you have to kind of accelerate the story towards the end to keep everyone's going and their heart beating. And that's that's really what happened now in season seven. Yeah, we accelerated that story. You know, the the, the writers wrote it to to make everybody um, feel quite passionate now about waiting for the the big finale. Yeah, is it Cersei's going to fight? Is it um, you know the White Walkers? Yeah. it's a big conundrum for Jon Snow he's stuck out in no man's land isn't he right in the middle he's back to where he was right at the very beginning yeah, which absolutely. is an irony in itself yeah. but um, so how do, how do you find cons because obviously I mean, I've, I've, I've met you at a couple of cons previously how do you find doing comic cons and, and, and chatting to, to fans and stuff I like it very much for one simple reason so when I first left drama school way way back in 1995 I went straight into the Royal Shakespeare Company and when you're a stage actor you get your reward for being an actor at the end of every night and that's the round of applause okay but when you become a television and film actor you don't get that you go and do your work and you go home and your life becomes very um almost like a nine-to-five job. And so doing Comic-Cons like this, I like because I'm a bit of a Game of Thrones geek myself, and I'm able now to converse 
about my job with yeah. other people who understand the job and are quite passionate about it. So you get a real huge amount of reward being able to connect with the fans of the show. Awesome. It's, it's nice to be able to talk to, to celebs who at Comic-Cons because it's, it's nice, like you say, to, to give thanks, to, you know, to say thank you for what you did on screen. You know, uh, I've met... Um, uh, I, I can't remember. They played... Um, Selmy, that's about uh, Barrison Selmy. Ian McKellany. Yeah. I met him. Yeah, he was, he was lovely. And it, yeah. much like you, he was like, right, let's talk Game of Thrones. Let's yeah, just yeah. talk. And it's brilliant. I love it. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just nice to be able, like you say, to converse. And for you guys, it's your round of applause, I suppose, yeah. like you say. Yeah, yeah. So, how did you find going from then Royal Shakespeare Company to. The, the Lord of Bones because I know you didn't go straight direct from that I know that you had your bits in between but how did you find the, the difference from your initial kind of foray into, into acting as such well I think uh, I mean actors actors job and jump around um, so you have to kind of like we, we're used to changing our jobs so the Royal Shakespeare Company and the seriousness of classical theatre was great um, and that was that was fun but actually the biggest jump was the fact in 2011 I did Hollyoaks Yes. And I was the oldest person on set. I felt like the granddad on Hollyoaks. And then, and then suddenly, I had to, I had to then change from doing Hollyoaks to Game of Thrones, which was going from something that's light television British yes. to a very successful, huge, massive international show. So I think that was more of a, a jump, really. Yeah, because uh, Hollyoaks is, um, it's it very. It's not childlike, but it's it's full of young people. It's shot for a genre, shot for a young though. Oh, I've had these days. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, yeah. I mean, that must have been quite a scary jump to go from there, like you say, from there to to Game of Thrones. How did you find putting all the gear on? Because I, I know you didn't get to go. We, you said earlier on when we were walking in that you don't didn't get to go to all the nice places. How did you find putting all the gear on? Because it's it doesn't look light. It looks really bulky and heavy. The all the wildlings, the stuff that they wear, the seal skins are what is worn by the Arctic fishermen. So to be fair, when it's cold, it's glorious. But if you're in a studio or under lighting, it suddenly becomes very very hot. You know, so it, it, it's, it swings and roundabouts. The, the one thing, the question lots of people ask, which I can answer now, is the mask itself um, wasn't hard. It was like made of like a silicon rubber, so it actually fitted my face perfectly. So putting the mask on every day was was glorious. It wasn't yeah. a problem at all. And how did you find was speaking through it normal? Because it was obviously silicon. It, yeah. it didn't impair. Yeah, yeah no, not, not at all. Not at all. The mask. The, the, I mean, the, the story I always say is like if you talk to um, Ross Mullen or Richard Brake. Uh, like their their White Walker makeup takes about four and a half to five hours to put on. <laughs> I used to rock into the costume department, pick up my hat, put it on, and just say, "See you out there, boys," because <laughs> it just took seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you could, and similarly, you take it all off, and you can go off. I'm straight down the pub. Yeah. How long did you spend doing the filming for for all your parts? Were they done sequentially, or were they kind of done bit? by a bit or you know were they done chronologically they, they, or they, it's, ne- it's never shot chronologically it's kind of shot in sections but they kind of pack as much as they can in, in a very short period of time the difficulty with any filming is getting actors to be in the same place at the same time yeah. so particularly it's very heavy for Kit Harrington because he has to come and do a scene at Hard Home he has to shoot back and do a, a scene at, um, at, with Daenerys He's, so, yeah. so it's, it's organising those actors the larger actors and then us the supporting crew we bend in around them so you tend to find you'll do a little spurt here and then they'll fly you home and then you come back and do another spurt and then you wrap it up the 
The longest section that, that I did was when we did the Hard Home episode, and that's because in a quarry just north of Belfast, they actually built the Hard Home set. Nice. So when I walked down into the quarry, I actually walked down into Hard Home. And that was like one of the first moments when I sort of like raised my eyebrows and just went, my goodness, this is such a big project. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they built an entire village for it. Because they, they've built quite a lot of the sets themselves, haven't they? And they've taken... Um, I saw... I did see the, uh, the steps from... Uh, I think it's Dragon Island, I think, where it's it's in Spain and it's this, it's an old step, and you can see where they've they've altered it and they've added green to green stuff to it, and it yeah, just yeah. It, but you can still see the the basis for it, and it looks so yeah. beautiful and yeah. even better as. Well, I think I think what you said there is the essence. Beautiful. It's everything to do with Game of Thrones and everything that they shoot is done cinematically television programs used to be like TV and films like film but Game of Thrones has bridged that gap they have given us a television series which is ultimately a film and that magnificent of their work uh, is is why you sit there with your mouth open all the time because it is that quality yeah absolutely and when you sit and watch especially if you've got like high def and you're watching it in 1080 it just looks so stunning and all you can the work behind the scenes people tend to forget the guys behind the scenes that that do the costumes that do all the editing that do all the production work they're the ones that always seem to to get forgotten and it's always the stars that that kind of get like all the praise and everything but yeah the the post the post production work on this must be really quite um, amazing in its you know, in its work, I think they're taking they're taking video footage. They've got to colour grade it. They've got to add special effects. They've got to make sure the special effects are good. You know, so yeah, there's a much there's a, as, as you said, there's much work going into creating the after yeah. acting moments as there is during the acting moments. Awesome. Last question then. Yes. What was your favourite moment on Game of Thrones? Being 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 as an actor on set and acting, and being off set maybe watching. Um, i got to be honest, my greatest moment at Game of Thrones, the, the, the actual acting of it, um, it's such a big production, uh, and, and you, you don't want to be the guy to forget your lines, you don't want to be the guy to get it wrong because of the cost of always having to roll the camera. Actually, one of my greatest moments was um, was actually going to the costume fitting and putting it all on and standing there for the first time and then seeing the character alive for the very first time and going, wow, that's the Lord of Bones, that's as I read him, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the character as I imagined him. Awesome. And from from a non-acting perspective, so either watching the TV back or standing back and watching other actors do their bit, what was your, your favourite bit? My greatest moment on Game of Thrones was the Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. Because there was a moment when Jon Snow you know, tumbles, he stands up, and then all of uh, Bolton's forces are riding towards him. Yeah. And I remember just thinking... He's done for. Yeah. He's, this is it. This is the end for Jon Snow. And my heart was beating and it was so well shot. And then all of a sudden, little fish's characters come in. And, yeah. You know, it was that moment. It was that epic, um, kind of heartbreaking moment where I just thought, is this the end? Now. Cavalry!
Hello, Richard S here from the Film and TV Show, and I'm with Josh Herdman here at Reading Comic Con. How are you, Josh? All right. I'm good, thanks. Sorry, I've got a mouthful of toffee. That's, that's all right, no worries. How do you find Comic Cons then? Just get straight into it, because obviously, you know, I've I, I done a few Comic Cons, I haven't seen you do, do many. How do you find doing them? Um, I quite enjoy them, you know. It's, it's a handy bit of extra cash, and um, I do actually enjoy them because, you know, being part of um, Harry Potter, which was so big, it meant so much to a lot of people. Um, and even though I had a small part, it was, it's still nice to see. It's still nice to have been part of it, and then you know, see how much it, it how much it means, like for the for the real, you know, for the proper fans to meet someone who was a part of it. You know, it's just really nice to see. So. How did you find being in Harry Potter? Because obviously, like you say, it's, it was a juggernaut, wasn't it, when it came out? Mm. How did you find? Because you were still quite young when you were when you were cast, weren't you? Because I think you was all quite young. I was thirteen when I got the part, and then we filmed for about ten years. Well, for me, it was on and off. For, for, you know, for the for the guys with the bigger parts, they were pretty much there the whole time. Um, so yeah, I stopped when I was twenty-three. And how did you find? Doing, was that your first act, main acting gig? Of something of that. Um, of that scale it was yeah I'd done like little TV jobs and TV commercials before that but, um, yeah the first real big thing how did you find it because obviously being 13 that's quite quite a young age really I mean you're going back to the early what the early 2000s that's you know it's quite <coughs> still, still quite young at 13 to go into something that massive did you know it was going to be that big had you kind of yeah, we all seen it we all had an idea because you know we knew how popular the books were um, but I don't think I don't think we knew it was going to be big but I don't think we knew it was going to be that big well I didn't anyway yeah and how did you find because your, your character is, is is basically like a henchman isn't yeah. He, really? he is, yeah he's like just a bodyguard type dude how did he? you how did you find kind of doing that at 13 because that's a that's a weird kind of role to do it 13 isn't it well I think it's because I think I was mainly picked for my size because I mean I was maybe a year or two older than all the others I was quite big and I think I got quite long arms so I think I kind of fitted the, the, the description and then we just kind of looked good together I think and that's why we was picked because I remember going for the audition for Goyle and they kind of just stood me next to Tom Felton who'd already been cast and Jamie Waylett who'd, who'd already been cast as as a uh, crab and Malfoy, and they stood me next to them. And they, they, I remember the directors like sort of have, t- took a step back and like you know had a look at us, and then they said, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's them." So we kind of just all kind of looked good together. Awesome. And how was your? Was that the main audition, or what sort of other? Did you have to do any read out any lines or? Oh no, I aud- I auditioned for. Du- I had about four, maybe four auditions for Dudley. First of all. Um, I don't think I could picture you as Dudley. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I used to be quite fat, so... Um, and I got down to, like, last two two kids for Dudley, and then they they decided against both of us, and then uh, they said, no, sorry, you ain't got a part. And I, then I didn't hear from Warner Brothers for about two or three weeks. Then they contacted my agent and said, come back, and can he, can he try for Goyle? So, uh, yeah, we did that, and they told me there and then on the first audition for Goyle I got a part. Awesome. So I guess, you know, Goyle don't say hardly anything so well in the books not in the films anyway so they'd, they'd, they'd already seen that I could act from the yeah. Dudley auditions you know so 
Yeah, because I mean, in, in the books, he does actually have a lot more lines than he does in the film. Was yeah. that was that just a conscious thing? You think from the directors and the producers to to cut things down, or yeah, they they can't get everything in there, you know. So they 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 take out the things which aren't actually that important. Yeah, I guess yeah. you know. Uh, so, you know things like Crab and Goyle playing Quidditch. It wasn't you know wasn't a, a huge huge deal whether that was in or out. You know, and you know, they they can they can do anything they want. You know, with these big big studios. Um, so yeah, a lot a lot of things were cut out. Not just like Crab and Goyle's bits, but um, and even stuff they filmed. Like in the last, in the, I think in the last film, was it Fred or George died? Yeah, and they cut that out totally. Yeah, because you, you don't see it. Yeah, yeah, whereas in the book, it's quite detailed as to, yeah. to what happens. It's quite a big, pop, big part, like big thing in the book, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh, and obviously, and they kept my death scene in, which I was, <laughs> which I was happy about. <laughs> but it wasn't actually Goyle who's meant to die; it was Crab who's meant to die. Yeah. But Crab, obviously, because the, act, of, the actor had been fired. So yeah, because of what happened. Yeah. So they kind of. So you had to get killed. Off. I was still Goyle, but they kind of switched. They switched what happens. Yeah. To Crab and. Goyle, obviously, because Crab weren't there. How did you find? How did you find that then? Was that kind of? Were you yeah. happy about that? Were you not? What about him going? Yeah. Nah, cause... nah. Was, I feel. Was, I felt a bit sad to be honest. I felt a bit sorry for him. But in the same sentence, in, in the same, at the same time, he was a bit irresponsible. You know the stuff yeah. he did. He, he 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 was doing some serious, some serious crime. You know, and if you're an actor, part yeah. of such a huge franchise. It's not, it's not really no, it's not. Well, is it? No, no, it doesn't. And it's, it, it, you know, it kind of, he kind of misses out, obviously. Yeah, so. I did miss him though. I missed him on the, on the, on the last film because we, we, we never got got on in the early days for the early films. Uh, then as we got older together, we, yeah, you know, I did like, I liked Jamie. He's a funny, funny guy. Yeah. And did you, did you have like a, was there like little clicks? On set of different actors, yeah, or did you all kind of get all, on? We all spoke, we all got on, you know, and we didn't, no, no, we weren't like total, you know. But me, me, Jamie, and Tom, we kind of, in the early days especially, we kind of ten, tended to stick together. We yeah. had very similar interests. We were into rap music and. Who's your favourite rapper? Who's my favourite rapper? Yeah. That's hard, that's a hard question to I answer. I know, it's a really difficult question. <sighs> I've got like a top your top five go on then. Jesus even that's hard <laughs> uh, See, I'd stick M at the top Eminem's got to be top yeah uh, he's got to be top five I'd stick him at but the top I don't like his style M. anymore it's, no he's gone yeah he, like, I like early early Slim Shady he's, he's amazing he is, he is one of probably, probably the best rapper ever yeah um, but yeah, I, like, I like Big Pun Big L Biggie Small yeah, all the, I, yeah, don't, yeah. I never was a fan of Tupac no uh, nah um, but then you've got this, there's so many, isn't there? You've got, you've got R.A. the Rugged Man. So there's so many. I'm just my brain is I, I flooded. I a soft spot for Method Man and Red Man. Method Man, Red Man, yeah. Wu Tang, you can't forget. Oh those. no, you can't forget Wu Tang. Uh, See, that's already like Ghostface Killer. You know, they, uh, yeah. they're all, there's so many. There's so many. What about British? British I'm really, grime? Into, really into my Brit. I'm not really into grime that much, but I'm into no. my, my UK hip hop. Yeah, he's you know, your like favourite. Chester P, Task yeah. Force, yeah, you know, uh, and I listen to a lot of High Focus at the minute, which is awesome. um, Ocean Wisdom, Dirty Dyke, The Four Owls. They're just, just uh, they're just smashing it at the minute. That's because because yeah. they're, they're almost uh, almost like nineties nineties revivalists, nineties nineties rap revivalists, because you know a lot of rap comes out. I don't it's a, 
doesn't sound that good. The production is, I don't know, but the, the high, high focus in general, just the record label is smashing it at the minute. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's probably what I listen to the most of See, now. See, I'm just stuck listening to old stuff. I listen to I love old Grey stuff too. and Snoop yeah. and. Yeah, you've got, you've got to listen to that stuff listen too. To all that. And NWA, after Compton came out, I was like, oh, mm. do you know what? I need to re listen to that album again. Yeah. And so you all had kind of a love for, for yeah. rap then. So I suppose that helped as well being on set and, and having something to talk. Do you still talk to, to Jamie? Don't talk or? to any of them. No. no. I mean, I spoke to Jamie maybe two two years ago, three years ago on Facebook. Yeah. But we don't stay in contact. We don't stay in contact with any of them. No. No. And is that just drift apart? Yeah, just drift apart. It's not a, make a conscious decision to not talk to them. Yeah. I would. I mean, I did a Comic Con earlier this year, which is a Harry Potter specific one in France. Um, so there's quite there's a few other Harry Potter actors yeah. there, like Devon Murray and Sean. Um, oh bloody hell! I've got, I've got his surname. The guy who played Oliver Wood. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, Ivana Lynch, Alfie Enoch. They're all there. It was really nice to see them all. But um, yeah, we don't stay in, don't stay in touch. No, go your separate ways, didn't you? It's such a long time ago now. Have you been to the studios? To mm. How did you find it? Did I liked. I really liked in Watford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, I was quite. I was surprised. I didn't. I didn't think it would be rubbish, but it, I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. Yeah. Just the way they did it. You know, when you sit down and they open the, the, the doors to yeah, the great yeah. hall. I thought it was really well done. It is. It's great, and they've added in. They've added in the um, the, the woods and uh, a few other bits as yeah. well now. I didn't see that. I there. went before they'd made that. Yeah, I went just after it first opened, and mm. went again recently. And it's still, even now, it's still great. I mean, I I love Harry Potter anyway. So mm. when I saw you here, I was like, oh, I really want to chat, but I don't want to be like the usual people. They're, they're literally all Harry Potter stuff. Because yeah. Well, it's nice to talk about rap and stuff, yeah. Oh well, yeah, it's just, it just gets boring talking. <laughs> it must get boring talking about Harry Potter stuff. Yeah, I mean, all it's, the time. it's expected. Yeah, it's to be expected, yeah. but yeah, it's nice. It's quite cool to talk about other stuff. So, what, what have you been doing since since Harry Potter? Um, well, I had a few years, two or three years, where I didn't really do much acting at all. Couldn't couldn't really get a job. Um, you know, little bits here, like very very small parts and things. But this past year has been really, really good for me. I've been pretty much back-to-back jobs this year. Well, since since about August last year yeah. and through this year. So I've got some things coming up, some, some, some things in the pipeline should be released early next year. Anything you want to say? Uh, you don't have to, but... I've got a few like sort of low-budget independent films, which should... Well, one of them should have been out already, but they should be out next year at some point. Maybe one, maybe one next month, I don't know. I don't know when they're being released, but... I just finished an eight eight part series for um, ITV called nice. Marcella. Um, it's, a, it's a second series of that. That should be out in April next year. That would be quite a good one to watch. I mean, all eight episodes and, uh, nice. and uh, it's, you know, again, it's not it's not a massive part, but it's quite it's quite an important part. It's just like a, he, my storyline is like a subplot, which kind of ties in at the end. So uh, and there's some good scenes in there, man. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Good. What indie films have you done? Because I like, I love indie films. Yeah. I absolutely love indie films. Yeah, they're good, they're good to do. You got some, some have got some really good scripts. Uh, and it's a shame because some of them just don't get enough money to make. To, to there's a lot of crowdfunding now for them. Yeah. Because people just, like you say, they don't, they're not given the money to do yeah. it. Yeah. It's you know, uh, but they, you know, 
at the end of the day, as an actor, you should always keep practicing. You should always keep doing stuff. So that's why I won't really turn anything down unless yeah. unless it was really badly written. Yeah. You know. Um, so low budget, big budget, I don't really mind because I like. I just want to keep active. I just want to keep acting. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. all practice. It's all experience. Um, so one was called Giant Land, which was filmed last August. Um, I don't know where that's going. I don't know what's happening with that. It may. I don't know if they encountered some sort of technical problems in yeah. post. I don't know, but I haven't really heard much about that. But Two Graves, which I did in uh, April, uh, March, no, April, April or May this year. That should that should that should have been out. That should be out this like sort of maybe next month or yeah. early next year. Uh, that's quite nice. What's that about? That's about um, it's about uh, a, a middle-aged woman and her son gets killed. And she's a surgeon or doctor, and she go basically. It's basically a revenge flick. Okay. Um, you know, she goes on the, on the rampage, basically trying to find out who killed her son. Nice. And I play a heroin addicted pimp, which was really quite. <laughs> that was interesting. Was really quite cool to do. Um, Did you get like a little little thing for your finger or a can? No, or he was more of, more of like an addict, bit of a bit of a nutcase. You yeah. know, he wasn't um, not like like Drexel out of. Uh, it's not like that kind of uh, out of true romance. No, no, no. Not like not that extreme, but. Um, it's still quite a nice nice little part I'm looking forward to seeing that awesome are you a sports fan? MMA and boxing uh, yeah. I, watch, I watch international rugby when it's, when it's on you yeah. know I look, I like, I did like you watch the McGregor fight? the boxing the, fight him and yeah it wasn't, I didn't really like it no, I didn't it, think it was all that no I was disappointed yeah it I was, was really disappointed it didn't, I don't think it was a very good fight at all to be honest um, it was just a lot of hype wasn't it Big, but uh, isn't big that payday the same for the with all boxing though? Why isn't boxing all hype anyway now? I can't remember. To, I'm, I do love boxing. It is a, you know, and I do appreciate it. And it, it's, I appreciate it if it's such a big part of MMA as well. Yeah. But it's, I can't remember the last time I watched a real good boxing match. No. Got, you know, Golovkin v uh, Canelo. That was all right, but again, that was a bit of a disappointment. Most most boxing matches which are hyped up end up being a bit of a disappointment that's what I know that's what I I personally notice you know a lot of people disagree but MMA like did you, if it, did you watch did you watch MMA I, I watched very little the of last it. UFC 217 it was just like it was like jaw jaw dropping yeah. stuff man like you know every, every on the main card the three main events every every fight was was uh, was an upset basically you know every, everyone all the, every, the underdog won in every in every main nice. main main event uh, main fight and it was just incredible it was, and that, and yeah, that, loads that, of my mates go on about MMA and I'm like mind you because I see stuff on YouTube that they share and I see that, and I see these people taking like knees to the face and they're oh, yeah. actually proper getting pro smacked. MMA right? it's the most brutal sport out there it really is you know knees to the taking a, taking a flying knee to the nose like imagine that but you know, I've I've done fight, but I've only, I'll only ever fight amateur. I'll never go pro because no. I just you know I'm an actor at the end of the day. I got I got to look after my face to a certain extent. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah, um, that's true. So yeah, nah, awesome, good. Thank you very much, Josh. Cool. No, it's been, it's been Thank amazing. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Cheers, man.
Hello, Richard S from the Film and TV Show here at Reading Comic Con, and I am with Ben Mansfield and Hannah Spirit. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are we? All right. Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah. Apart from being cold. Apart yeah. from being freezing being cold. cold. Mm-hmm. How are you finding Comic Con? Because obviously you guys do do cons and have done for a while. How do you how do you find them? Are they are they what you expect? Do you enjoy being here? I know obviously you kind of have to say maybe yes, but you don't have to. Well, yeah, of course. It's nice to see everyone making such an effort as well with the outfits and the enthusiasm that they have when they come to these events. It's, yeah. Awesome. And for, for both of you, obviously, being in Primeval was quite a, a massive TV show over here anyway. I loved it. It was, it was great. And how did you find being in Primeval? Because when it first came out, it wasn't massive it kind of took a little while for the public to kind of get behind it how did you find being on it because I loved it I thought it was well, great I didn't join it till the third series when it was already had a bit of momentum behind it and it was um, you know pulling in quite big numbers at the weekend when it was on I th- it was really fun to do and you know the cast were lovely and we're all still friends so that's nice mm-hmm. it must, just, be, yeah. must be nice to obviously bump into each other and yeah exactly um, catch up because yeah. Andrew does a lot doesn't he yeah. he does a lot of cons yeah. um, not here today though. no and Ben does a few I think Ben Miller does I've never does seen he, Ben yeah. I think he does a, f- no. a I know few he's but done, I've done one with him yeah and I've done one with Kieran yeah. McMenamin yeah we had fun there, didn't we? We did have fun there. Yeah. What was your favourite part of being on the show? Well, n- not knowing what was going to be in the next script, you know, it was. You could go anywhere with rips in time, so the possibilities were fairly <laughs> limitless in that. Is that what attracted you to, to join in the role? or...? Partly, I suppose, yeah. Nice to meet you. And holding a gun. That was quite fun as well. Like the first thing that I got to do under my contract was to go to a, a, a place where they had all these weapons for like um, television and film and um, be trained by an ex-police uh, armed response um, officer and fire lots of different weapons, which was a fun afternoon to do. Learned how to take a Glock apart and put it back together again. Yeah, fun. Nice skill to have. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure what sort of stuff? Did you have to do the sort of same? Well, I, I spent an afternoon in the field um, uh, learning how to drive a JCB. <laughs> so, not quite the same as Beth's afternoon. Do you remember yeah. when there were lots of the, yeah. the, the security guys <laughs> were in my car, yeah. and you and Andrew and maybe Jason was in the other car, and we yeah. followed you in, and I kept doing like yeah. a handbrake skid yeah. and stop. We did it about three or four times, and in the end, the car, my car, went straight into the back of the little car, and the yeah. and the bonnet fell off. <laughs> and they were like, "Well, we won't be going again." And they did it in front of about five hundred extra. It was embarrassing. It was. Um, was it there was, a lot of things like that that went yes. wrong then, or? And I totally oh, forgot a lot about like that. that. that was, and also in that the, really in that funny. same scene, I one yeah. time we all jumped out and we left mm. the handbrake off, and it went rolling down the field. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Diving into it, we couldn't find the fucking handbrake. Uh. Yeah, um, we were tired. That was funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> was, was, were the shoots quite long then? Did you spend quite a lot of time on set, or were they kind of broken up? Yeah, I mean, long like any shoot would be. You know, there's quite the, a lot of location stuff. Lo- or, yeah, loads of location okay. stuff. Was like, the, the best place you went? Yeah, the best place that you went to, the best location that you went to film. Mm. Oh, well, I mean, oh. doing the whole last year in Ireland, there was plenty of sorry. places, weren't there? <laughs> 
um, <laughs> yeah, Ireland had a lot of good locations. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just always loved filming in the woods as my favourite place yeah. um, to go um, in in life, really. So the, yeah, and we had a lot of stuff in woods, so that was that was always really a nice location. Someone mentioned earlier that episode and where we were at the Top Gear test track. Now I quite oh, enjoyed that because I got yes. to just rag a car around. Oh, really? yes. What was it you got to rag? Oh, it was just a, an SUV. No, it I think it was a Toyota the Hilux or something, a truck. But I still got to nail it down about 90 miles an hour. Which was oh, fun. Nice. What a nice day with a shotgun in the passenger seat. Handbrake turn at the end? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thing you have to, don't you? you, see, you I knew where the handbrake, handbrake was there. Yeah. In front of the plane. Yeah, like oh, the plane day was great. Yeah. Drive down, park, do a handbrake turn in front of the plane, jump out and shoot an imaginary dinosaur with a shotgun. Have you got a favourite episode or a favourite scene from your time on Prime Evil? I really could do with re-watching mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> um, My daughter's getting to an age where she might be able to watch it That's what I need. I need an excuse. I need children <laughs> so I can re-watch without overindulging in myself. Come on, come yeah, on. Yes, just for my sake. Um, there were so many. Yeah. Um, well, that was a fun day at the top of the test track. That was good. But yeah. there was, you know, yeah. Too many. I like doing. One. I like doing Future World. That was yeah, fun. that was fun. Yeah. Um, and I also like doing the Cretaceous um, stuff with uh, with Connor. That was yeah. that was kind of fun. That was an island, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's, that was a Glenda. That's where they film a lot of Vikings. Mm. They filmed Vikings there mm. at Love the same Vikings. location. Love Vikings. Love so Vikings. the Cretaceous, where they've got yeah. that massive waterfall. Yeah, yeah. Mm, Anyway, yeah. no, no, that's fine. Yeah, I love well, power, 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 Yeah, yeah, we hung out. That there, was your Cretaceous period, and where? Yeah, the Vikings. That was my period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vikings is awesome. Mm. Yeah, you should great. definitely watch <clears throat> back. I, I, I watched because some of the primeval stuff was on. They had some of it on Amazon, on Amazon Prime. Mm. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm still watching it again. I love it. It's great. Even yeah, watching it back, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's still on there now. It was on Netflix, yeah, it was on Netflix for a while. People have different, yeah, the content changes, isn't it? Yeah, that's it the does, thing. Yeah, quite, they quite just quickly. change it all over. But they're making mm. so much themselves now, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they don't take a lot of stuff from mm. other bits. I mean, it has been on, like, um, on some of the, the non popular channels, like mm. Dave and stuff. I mean, it used to be on there. Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah, still on there sure. now or not. I haven't mm. seen it for a long time. Good old Dave. They'll pay it. That and Red Dwarf. I'm even a Red Dwarf, but it's just literally back to back. That's what it was. Love day. Yeah. So, have you guys got anything anything coming up? I know that you're going to be in EastEnders, or you've filmed I it, am or Candace. yes. I'm going to be on Casualty in January at some oh, yeah. point. Oh. I'm starting oh. rehearsals then for Much Ado at the Globe. Nice. I love the Globe. Yeah, I've never played there before, there. so it's quite. Yeah, Especially at that time of year. Is this your second? Uh, not there, uh, no. I've not never, never done anything at the Globe. Ah. But yeah. I love the Globe. It's, it's, it's so beautiful. Mm. Such a beautiful theatre. So you got be, that. It's going to be cold. Yeah, oh, yeah it's going to be February to March, I think. It's going to be very March, cold. Yeah. <laughs> right on the river as well. I've done the play before, and I played Claudio, and that was at Regent's Park. So both times, I've done it outdoors. Mm. <laughs> Odd. Fair enough. And going to be in EastEnders as, no, uh, is it Karen? 
Karen's, Karen's, Karen's young younger sister. sister, yes. Candies. Have you, have you, have you done Candy. filming already? Or? I have indeed. <laughs> Working on your Cockney accent. Yeah. Awesome. How did you find doing that? Because that's obviously something completely different. That's a juggernaut yeah. of its own, isn't it? Yeah, it's a whole other... Yeah, completely different from anything I've ever done. And is that coming out before Christmas? Uh, they're yet to say exactly what day, but it'll be around the Christmas period. Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you in it for a, a, a while or is it just a couple of episodes? Um, it's all up in the air. Okay. Can't so you can't say. No, that's fine. No, just thought I'd ask. Yeah. No, that's fine. Well. My, my wife sits and watches EastEnders. Yeah. Corey, yeah. Every, yeah. every Monday and Friday is the bane of my life. It's like, mm. great, I've got an hour and a half to kill. How am I going to get? <laughs> what am I going to do for an hour and a half? But get I always, Couple of yeah. yeah, well, well, I, my internet upstairs is rubbish. I've got like the best internet you can get, and it's just crap. I can go upstairs and watch it on my fire stick, and it's just rubbish. It just doesn't, it starts and starts. So, but thank you so much for your time. I really lovely. appreciate it. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Great, thank to, you. great to meet and chat to you all. Yes. Thank you. Hello, it's Richard S. here at the Film and TV show at Reading Comic Con, and I am with two cosplayers here. I'm with Joe and Becca. Um, just talk us through what it is you are cosplayed as. I can obviously see what you're cosplayed as, but people who are listening can't. So, Joe? Um, I'm dressed as sort of a, a pin up bombshell version of Thor. Okay. And I'm dressed as a Team Magma group from Pokemon. Excellent. <laughs> so you have no idea about Pokemon at all. I, I, I know Thor I then. Absolutely, that's fine. <laughs> so, obviously, cosplay is massive at cons. It's, mm-hmm. it's probably the, the main reason people come to, to cons now. Yes, what is yeah. the massive attraction to it from both of your perspectives? Um, for me, um, I love the crafting, the building of costumes um, there's so much creativity in it yeah. um, so I, I like that aspect and when you're at a con and you're in costume there's so many more fun interactions that you have with people like I've had so many little girls today want their picture taken with me and it's just the cutest thing it's so cute <laughs> I really really love that and I love the fact that you end up making friends with somebody because you're cosplaying from the same fandom that you both love or, or something like that I think it, it sort of it kind of um, takes away those social barriers that yeah. that usually exist between us. Mm. So social's a big thing for me. Like living far away from a lot of people, I don't get to see a lot of my friends. And coming to the conventions, like I get to see this is my wifey, and it's like I don't see her very often. It's like ah, and then we're going off for a few drinks, and it's just, it's a big party. And then obviously the dressing up aspect of it as well. But just love talking and seeing people. So it is quite. A, it is quite a, a social mm. uh, social gathering and quite a big, massive thing. Is, is the social part of it? I mean, I know from being at going to different cons and, and meeting different cosplayers, and now we're friends on mm. on Facebook and we chat and yes. all this, that, and the other. And, and, and I will add both of you. So <laughs> you don't have to accept it's fine. I won't take it personally. You seem nice. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, you, you keep thinking that. It's fine. Well, people think that about me too, but I, I can be a bitch sometimes. As well, so. <laughs> but it, it, it's nice because it's like one one family, and I kind of get that impression. My first ever kind of foray into it was LFCC a couple of years ago, and it was just I was standing in queue, and there was all these people behind me, all dressed up, and I was just like, "This is this is amazing!" Mm. And literally every time I go to a con, I always want to get pictures with. 
it's more with the cosplayers than with the celebrities yeah. because the yeah. cosplayers you guys really put it's so much effort into it yeah um, it, uh, I don't cosplay anything that I don't love um, I don't think there's anything wrong with cosplaying a character just because you like the costume but um, the amount of hours of work that go into making something I always pick something that for me is emotionally worth the yeah. amount of time and effort that's going into crafting something yeah. and also it's it means a lot to me if I can sort of embody the character a bit during the day for you know people that love that character so yeah what got you into cosplay then what what, what started your your love for, for cosplay I, I remember um, I went to America in 2012 and my friend basically paid for my flight and took me with him and he was like, oh yeah, we're going to go to um, Megacon, which is a really, oh. really big convention out there. And I'm like, okay, I've never heard of this thing before. And I do photography as well. So it's like, you can be my photographer, come with me. And it's like, you know, maybe bring a costume with this. So I brought, um, I, I brought a dress like from the uh, Command Shepherd from Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah. Into, like that sort of thing. I was just blown away. I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Like... The Americans, they do it, no offence to it, but they do it so much better than we do. They do Holy, go, they do go like, oh my extra. God. They do. Extra. And since then, like, I went, to, I went to Kapow in London, which is 2012, and then been going to them consecutively since then. So, God, 2012, I, that's five years ago. I feel very old now. That's <laughs> when I started but as well. It's, yeah, I, I mean, I always was big at dressing up at Halloween and stuff as well, and it's... I've, and it was kind of like another outlet for me to dress up and not have an excuse, you know. <laughs> so. But you don't get to knock on doors and ask for free sweets. <laughs> no, no. You do get to pose for photos. Yes, and it's always and fun. It's, I'm very vain sometimes. Yeah, so I, like, wait, this is the thing. If any cosplayer <laughs> tells you that they don't do it for attention, they're probably lying a little bit, <laughs> at least to themselves. Because it's, it's not mm. a negative kind of thing. It's... You know, you've worked hard on creating the costume. You're proud of it, and and you want people to enjoy it with you. I want people to so, notice me. <laughs> yes, you, you, it's you know, it's not it's not a kind of um, it's not a conceited kind of thing. You just want mm. somebody to share in, share in your passion with yeah. you. So you know, I I do, I do I love the attention. It's you know, it makes me mm. feel good about myself, and I and I go home with a smile on my face and feeling more you know confident and and everything, which. You know, it's hard to do in normal everyday life. Yes, you know, yeah. we all everything. You know, we all sort of you know. On every corner, yeah, this it, gives so. us an opportunity to yes. pretend to be a superhero, and mm-hmm. some days you don't feel like a superhero. Yes. No. <laughs> so, if you had any advice to give to to those who want to cosplay but they don't really know mm. what to do or where to go or how to do stuff, because obviously you've made bits and you buy bits and if they kind of don't know where to go what to, what advice would you give I started off um, uh, either sort of buying things and adapting them or you know Same making here. small sections I mean this costume I'm wearing today is something I put together quickly for a photo shoot and um, parts of it is made and parts of it is sort of adapted and you know, other costumes of mine are completely nutly made from scratch, every single piece. But you don't have to do that. Start small, work mm. your way up, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with just buying a costume. That's how I started. I, yeah. I have very little crafting ability, sewing-wise. I hot, I hot glue everything. <laughs> hot glue masterpiece. This is literally all of this is hot glue, other than a little bit of stitching. And yeah. my friend made the hood, so... and. <laughs> 
yeah, it's li- there's nothing wrong with that. A lot yeah. of people try and there is some people that say that it's not right, but don't ever listen to them don't because that's just them. rubbish. Plus, elitist people. <laughs> cosplay is incredibly expensive. <laughs> so the cosplayers that you look at, it can be an expensive so, hobby. The so cosplayers poor. you look, <laughs> the cosplayers you look at and go, oh my god, their costumes are amazing. I'd love a costume like that. They would probably absolutely love it if you asked them to make something for you because commissions are amazing things for us. Yes. You know, if you give us a commission, that's that's extra money we've got to, you know, Mm. pay for food rather than fabric. Yes. It's about balancing the lifestyle. Balancing the lifestyle. So it's an expensive lifestyle. Real life. It can be. I mean, I'm I'm a master at the art of bargain cosplay. Okay. I've I've learned over the years how to spot a bargain and turn something incredibly cheap into something that looks really expensive. Um, Kate. But a, paint, a, a decent paint job can turn yeah. like the, the cheapest looking piece of tat into okay. a masterpiece. Is there anywhere that you would signpost people to go to yeah. if they wanted to to learn about cosplaying? Are there any like YouTube videos or yeah, anybody well, that you think would be? Oh, Kamui. Kamui. She does a lot Kamui. of books. Okay. Yeah, and she, they are very, very everything. good. So you can start off with foam, light, and it gets all technical all the way up to like LED lighting and stuff okay. like that. She is the goddess of crafty things. Of crafty stuff. So. And her things are really easy to follow. Mm. Okay. And she does things for like every level of cosplay. Yes. Um, but most cosplayers will do tutorials and things on YouTube. I mean, you can find most things. Is it Evil Ted who does all the foam smithing? His, his tutorials are really easy to follow. Punisher Props does a few as well. Punisher Props. Yes, I love him. Yeah, there's, there's mm. so many cosplayers that do incredible tutorials. And um, Valentine Cosplay does yes. excellent sewing. Excellent sewing. Leatherworking sort of stuff. Like, he, what's the, I never watched Vikings, but what's the character he's done when he did all the Ragnar. weaving? Yes. Yeah. Ragnar, he's he, the main he character did, he, in Vikings. He did Ragnar. Oh he, did it, he did it three times as well three times because he messed it up. Like yeah. the first two times, wow. so we did it again, and it's like you know, all like the weaving of the leathery, the leathery stuff, bits, yeah, like the amazing. But he's really nice. On a Monday, he does um, <laughs> he does a uh, like yeah. a, a workshop thing on Facebook where if you're having a disaster with your costume, you message him and he'll find a way to help you with it. Yeah, nice. It's, it's really nice. He's very, very but there good. are there are so many cosplayers that do things like that because we are more than happy to help. Mm. You can message any of us. I mean, people can message me if they want to, and I will help them as much as I can. I could probably just tell them to hot glue everything together that's how, I, that's how, that's how my knowledge goes so. sometimes, sometimes hot glue is the way forward today is the only day I'm wearing something that doesn't have any hot glue on it anyway was it not even this? no that's contact adhesive oh, I'm, not, I'm not allowed just like to use that because I'll probably stick my fingers together but <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it, it goes uh, to wait until it dries and you stick it together oh ok that's alright okay. yeah. oh, I should get some of that then yeah, because I do find that hot glue this is not, sometimes it's not as good. Oh, I've got so many hot glue scars um, on scars. my legs and on my, like, my hands. Uh, yes, many, awesome. many stories. <laughs> is, there, is there a favourite character you both like to cosplay as? Deadpool. <laughs> I, do a, I do a Deadpool and she actually did a... a sh- she's done Death and Shikla with me, so we both... 
we both went we around as Deadpool. Well. When, we did, um, when we did Deadpool and Shikla, we got mar- well, we pretend we pretend married. Well, pretend married. And nice. then everyone, and then Tumblr thought we were married. And yes. <laughs> we, got shared, we got shared around the internet oh, as like the best convention proposal ever. Yes. It was like, it wasn't real. <laughs> Some it was people so... think we're genuinely married, which is why we just refer to each other as wife or yeah, okay. wifey's now. So, yeah, yeah that, was, that was one of the, like, the, thing, the funnest costumes we've done together. Yeah, as I well. love a good team up. But yeah, I love I'm good trying to think up. what other ones that are really my favourite. Arachne. Yeah, I do like Arachne. But then I like and Scream as well. And then. There's too many. Because I love doing Team Magma as well because it's so cunty. Yeah. <laughs> but I think overall, Deadpool is definitely my favourite. It's the one I spent the most money on. I have a full, proper mask that I bought off some guy in America and it cost me like £150. Oh. But it's like the moulded face. Yeah. And it has a ponytail built into it. And I have eyelashes glued onto the front and then I glittered it all. It was amazing. Nice. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> that'd be interesting very, to see. I'm very fabulous. So. Awesome. Yes. And what about you? Um, my favourite is um, I did the female Thor they did recently so Jane Foster um, it was quite a, a meaningful costume for me because in the comics Jane Foster has um, breast cancer and at the time that comic came out I'd just been diagnosed with breast cancer Okay. so a friend of mine bought me those comics whilst I was going through treatment and I found them uh, a great source of inspiration and comfort um, so whilst I was sort of recovering from treatment I started making her costume and uh, my version of her is, is battle damaged because when you find out who the female four is, yeah. she transforms from female four who's just lost a battle, so the costume is all battle scarred, yeah, yeah. and then she turns back into Jane Foster, who's battle scarred because yeah. she's fighting a cancer battle. Absolutely, yeah. And I thought that imagery was so powerful that my um, version of Thor is battle damage like that, that crossover but all of my battle damage is in places where my cancer treatment was so okay. it's all very like symbolic so that, that means a hell of a lot to me that costume that was that awesome. was a, you looked amazing in it as well so yes. she did <laughs> she rocked awesome. everything <laughs> brilliant thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it it's great to, to, to chat and because mm-hmm. I just like looking at cosplay I think it's amazing and I always like to get get pictures I always ask permission as well if I can have a picture oh, yes. because I know that that's well I, well, I know people just and I don't get it it's like they're still people you're not yes. just going to walk up to someone and go hi I know. take yeah. a picture and, if you did that in public people kick off don't they well yeah you're getting beaten up we're all the thing is what gets me is like cosplayers are posers if you ask us for a photo, we will do a proper pose with you. We'll go into character. You'll have a far more entertaining interaction because if you ask somebody who's cosplaying as Deadpool, as an excellent example, if that you can have a photo, that's going to be five minutes of hilarity. I, I did that in Northampton, and the guy he had he was literally all done up. He had the he had the thing round his leg with the waves. Yeah, he had a unicorn, and I asked for a picture, and he went, "Yeah, sure, man." Pulled out a gun, pinned me to the floor, and stuck his gun in the back of my head. See, and I was, so like, I was uh, like, okay, this I'm is this is taking a turn. I'm trying to think all the funny things I've done as Deadpool. I've, just, I've done a lot of photobombs as Deadpool. Mm-hmm. In the background like this, going, ah, it's like waving myself. And I'm, We've done some crazy things. We have done some ridiculous things. Uh, I, I, but yeah. I think it is kind of, for those that, that haven't maybe come across 
conventions and haven't yeah. done cosplays is always ask permission and always just ask. Yes. It doesn't what, take two seconds. What is the slogan? So I can't. Cosplay is not consent. Yes. That's the one. Cosplay is not mm-hmm. consent. So always just make sure you ask. But yes. But thank you very much. Thank it's been you. a massive insight. <laughs> and I, um, it's been great. You're thank welcome. you very much. Thank you for talking to us. Hello, uh, Richard S. Film and TV show here. I am with Jupiter Hadley. Is it Hadley? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, got it yes. right. Um, we are at the Reading Comic Con. Now, Jupiter is neither a celebrity nor um, a, a trader. Jupiter does uh, gaming stuff, which is actually pretty decent. Um, so I'll let Jupiter tell, tell you all what it is that she does because it's, it's pretty awesome. She's got a little GoPro there and everything. It's great. Look at how official. I have a GoPro. I need one of them. Black Friday deals. Yeah, I know, I know. I kind of picked the wrong thing to get for Black Friday deal. <laughs> a DVR or a GoPro? Should have gone for a GoPro. GoPro. Absolutely. Again soon. Yeah, next Black Friday. Yeah, Boxing next, day. Well, um, Cyber Monday, maybe on Monday. Yeah, maybe on Monday. Maybe. I'm getting Heroes and Villain Fans Fest tickets for that, though, hopefully. Ah, okay. Well, Buy one, enough. get two free. So, cool. so yes, so yeah. talk to us about, about what it is that you're doing here at the con then. Right, so I cover primarily indie games. Um, on my YouTube channel, I cover mainly Game Jam games, but it's with an indie focus. So game jams are a big thing in the indie community, and they're where developers come together within a specific amount of time, normally around a theme or diversifiers, to create a game. So they're really rough prototypes, and that's what I love. I love rough prototypes, things that you can give feedback to, things that you can be a part of the development process. So a lot of games that you find um, that aren't released will be showing at places like this, at yeah. Little Comic Con, so that they can get QA testing for free, really. Just yeah. some great feedback. And I love being the one to be there to cover their games at the early stages before they're quite polished and see how they go. And I like providing feedback and giving feedback within the indie game dev community. It's a bit like watching a film that hasn't had all the special effects dubbed in yes. yet and that sort of stuff. And seeing how raw it is, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So what's your favourite favorite game at the moment that isn't out but is coming? Ooh, I play a lot of games. Um, that would have to be Ooblets. So Ooblets is an adorable Pokemon-style game where you grow your own little Ooblets, which are like Pokemon, and they battle against other Ooblets, and you get more seeds, and you knock them out, and you, when you knock them out, you get them. And they're a part of your like little party, and they dance behind you, and it's pastel, and you can dress up and like make your own little house and make your ooblets really happy in your house. And you also grow food to feed awesome. your ooblets, which is hilarious because you're growing your ooblet next to the food yeah, and then yeah, you're yeah. feeding it. Uh, but it's really cool. Uh, it should be coming out in 2018. Okay, who's yeah. running that then? Who's um, a girl named Rebecca is who I know who is. Um, the graphics designer behind it, she does lots of devlogs and lots okay. of streaming of her development and of her creating stuff. Um, I know it's a, two pe- a two-person team, Rebecca and a guy whose name I don't remember. Um, but it, it's really cool. I saw it at EGX Res and I got to play it um, because Xbox has picked it up for their idea Xbox program. Oh, nice. So it was one of their, like, at E3, it was announced, like, hey, we, we've got this game now. And it's been a lot of Xbox showcases at events. And I love playing it because you can't play it online, obviously. And it's it's a really it's a really cool game. So is it just going to be out? Is it going to be just on Xbox consoles then, or is it? I think gonna it's going to be PC as well, but they'll have okay. an exclusivity clause probably yeah, yeah. for the first like six months. Yeah, because that's all big companies do. Yeah. So how did you how do you how did you get into doing that? Because it's not exactly like a job that you'd find advertised yeah. anywhere, yeah. is it? You want people for games that are unreleased. <laughs> yeah. Um. So back when I was younger, I wanted to be a game dev who doesn't want to create video games. 
Um, and I had a community of game devs who I was a part of, but not sort of in a development. I was just like, oh, you guys are so cool. And they're like, yeah, we are. So I want to be one of you. And um, I thought I could make a game. I can't make a game. No. I don't have the math skill. I don't have the memory skill. I couldn't do it. I made a couple of crappy shooters. Um, oh, my voice died. <laughs> just went there, yeah. uh, my voice is a bit raw. I, so I played a bunch of crappy space shooters. I made a bunch of crappy space shooters. And then was like, I can't do this. And uh, my friend Chris, who's a dev, was like, oh, you should play some of the games that people are like on YouTube like everyone else does. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he told me that people made games for game jams. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, they make games in two days. And I went, no. And that was just sort of my reply. And they were like, no, no, for real. They make games in two days that you can play. And that was insane to me. And it was insane that such rough concepts can be finished and made into such big games. Yeah. So it became something that I was sort of in awe of. And I started chasing almost the developers who were making these sort of rough concepts and seeing what they ended up with after all the feedbacks from. Oh, awesome. Cool. So what, um, so what is it that you do for, for your current employers? And obviously, what is your YouTube channel and what do you do on Twitter and all that sort right. of stuff? So I do a variety of things for YouTube. Um, I do... Uh, lots of game jams. I play every single game entered in any game jam. So I run IndieGameJams.com, which is an online calendar of all of the game jams that are happening worldwide. There's about 40 happening at any at any given point. So I cover all of the games that well, all of the games in each game jam that has over eight entries for a total of around 5,000 a year on YouTube in a compilation video format. Do single let's plays of regular games. I also do a sort of uh, What's Indie News podcast that's a sort of positive, and it comes out as a video on YouTube as well. It's a sort of positive indie news, things that are happening in the industry monthly thing. Um, I also write for loads of websites. I write about student builds, game jams, and alphas and betas at alphabetagamer.com. I write about events and some other little bobs and development bits for Armored Studios. I write freelance for PC Gamer on just gaming reviews and stuff like that. And I write um, for Big Boss Battle on Jam Favorites and Game Jolt Fireside for Jam Favorites, which are just my personal favorites out of the jam. They might not be the best, but I love them. Awesome. So, so what's your Twitter handle then? At Jupiter underscore Hadley. Cool. Yeah. To- totally, like, no one would ever know that. Obviously. <laughs> Totally original. So easy. Totally original. Uh, and your YouTube channel. What's your YouTube channel? Jupiter uh, Hadley. Jupiter Hadley on YouTube. Brilliant. Done. So if you like gaming, if you like uh, the idea of obviously beta testing and, and all, I, I'm assuming that people can put forward games to you for yeah. to test and stuff. So if you um, find me on YouTube uh, under about details is my email. Have fun. Brilliant. There you go. So if you want to get in touch with Jupiter about any gaming or anything like that, make sure you get in touch with her. Uh, follow her on Twitter. Subscribe to her YouTube channel, which uh, she said before we start recording, she likes to spam. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, on on regular days, on not weekends, I do about five videos a day. Four are sets of ten games, so it'll be forty games in a compilation style and one single let's play. I do some Xbox games as well, Android games, and PC games. She's the only person I know that spams herself. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so that's it. Yes, uh, speak. To, had, uh, to, to Hadley, speak to Jupiter if you have any gaming needs or uh, want to get the lowdown on any any games. I mean, gaming is not my forte in the slightest. Um, I, I I know what FIFA is and uh, Call not of Duty. Game. Not <laughs> game. Keep going, no. keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indie games are not my thing. Um, but if you if you are into indie games, into gaming in any way, shape, or form, I know that there's a couple of you guys that listen uh, that are into gaming. So get in touch with Jupiter about it. Um, 
and yeah and subscribe and, uh, and enjoy all the videos thank, thank you, you very, very much, much for having me no worries thank you there is one more thing it's been emotional